In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you all noticed the common theme running through the readings today. The theme that the church proposes for us on this third Sunday of Advent, which is also called Gaudete in Domino in Latin. Rejoice in the Lord. All the readings speak to us of this having joy. What a a beautiful reading from the prophet Zephaniah. Shout for joy. Can you turn me down a little bit? Shout for joy, O daughter Zion. Sing joyfully. Be glad. Exalt with all your heart. Rejoice. Sing joyfully. It repeats it again and again. The psalm, cry out with joy and gladness. And then St. Paul to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Oftentimes in our life, we can feel like there's, there's not always motive to rejoice. There's a lot of situations we go through, hard times, difficulties, tribulations, whether it's just ourselves or with our family or even in our church in our society, with politics and all the havoc that's going on right now. There's so many things that are discouraging or could be discouraging to us. Oftentimes we could even feel certain tendencies to despair or to throw in the towel or just to say, what the heck? We look at at others around us and see where they're going and we say, well, why am I trying so hard? You know, it's a lot of things that we could say rejoice over what look at the divisions look at the fighting look at the arguing look at the discrimination look at the the back and forth you know that goes on every day around us in this world and we could actually feel like there's no motive or no reason to rejoice And yet, you know, St. Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, not from a high mountaintop, uh, eating a succulent succulent banquet and, and being filled with all kinds of peace and harmony around him. No, he writes this letter to the Philippians from a prison cell. He's imprisoned. He's in chains. He's suffering. He's going through a very difficult moment in his life in which soon he will be judged and his head will be cut off. And yet to the Philippians, in the midst of what he's going through, he writes these words, Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. You know, it's the fact that our rejoicing is not just when it's going well for us. That we need to rejoice always means that even in the difficult, hard, tribulating times that we can go through, we need to find in Christ the reason to rejoice. Not in Father Thomas, not in somebody else that you're a good friend, not in, yeah, you can have happy moments with everybody around you. But your reason for rejoicing is in something that is forever, which is consistent, which is permanent, which has not got sin, which is Jesus Christ. 
If you go to church because you like even our great music here, or you like the priests the way they preach, or you like, I don't know, the color of the beams in the ceiling. I mean, people go different places for different reasons, you know? Then your motive is, is completely off. You shouldn't go for anyone but for Jesus. Really understanding that he is the, the rock upon which you're building your faith. He is the foundation of your joy. He is the one for which you are striving to live your life in a way that is pleasing to God the Father for the glory of his name, for the good of souls. Because he is your reason to rejoice. Why? Because he is the one who frees you from sin. He is the one who fills you with new life in the Holy Spirit. He is the one who has given everything for you so that you can have everything you need to rejoice not just for a moment, but eternally. The message of the, the, the colors we wear today are colors of joy. That's why we wear this rose color. They're, the singing, the, everything is, is leading us to understand the coming of Jesus, his life for us, everything about him is to bring joy to our hearts. The Christmas season, I mean, you, you're going to go out, even in the secular world, there's a lot of joy in the air in this season. And a lot of people don't know why. A lot of people are buying gifts for each other, and it's just, you know, a social thing to do. And yet the reality of the reason to buy gifts and to give to one another is because their gift we're receiving from God is so great, we want to share it with everyone else around us. St. John the Baptist gives us a clue of how to find this happiness as he preaches to the crowds. They said, what should we do? They asked John the Baptist. And he said to them, whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none. In other words, if you really want to be happy, don't cling to the things of this world. Be willing to give and to share and to rejoice, sharing God's love with others. There was a preacher who was preaching about this, and he asked his congregation, so, I mean, if you had two houses, you didn't need two houses, you would give one to others, wouldn't you? And a man in the front said, oh, yes, yes. And if you had two cars... You would only need one. You would give one to someone else, right? And the same man said, yes. And then the priest said, and if you had two shirts, you would give one to someone else, right? And he said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I actually have two shirts. No? In other words, when it's going to cost me, it might be a little harder to say yes. I don't have two houses, so it's easy to say, yeah, I'd give one to somebody else. I don't have two cars. I, I'd give one to somebody else. I have two shirts. I think I want to keep both of them for myself. You know, the, the, the idea that we, we, we tend to be centered on ourselves. And that does not bring joy to the heart. Selfishness will never bring joy to the heart. You know, you get a gallon of ice cream, and there's eight of you in the family and you wait until everybody's in bed and go and stuff yourself with it because you want to eat it all, because you love that ice cream. Well, you're going to end up with indigestion, get sick, not feel good, right? But if you take your share and give it, even if you dish everybody else's up and there's none left when you're done dishing it for the others, you'll be happier than if you ate it all yourself. 
Because there's always more joy in giving and looking out for the good of others than in just taking for oneself. When I was in Italy, we would go to the south of Italy for the summer because Rome was just way too hot. And that's where we would pass our summer vacation and do studies down in the south of Rome, in the south of Italy, right on the Sorrentine Peninsula, looking out at the islands of Capri or Capri, however you want to say it. And we'd often bring watermelons down to the sea when we were swimming in the sea, and then all of a sudden we'd cut the watermelons. And I oftentimes would just start cutting pieces for all the seminarians. And I'd cut through them, and boy, would they be just relishing in that, the heat by the sea, eating their watermelon and having a good time eating it. And there's the last piece, and there it goes. And I tell you, I never felt like I needed to eat a piece of watermelon. Because it was just so enjoyable just watching them enjoy eating their watermelon, all the seminarians, that it was like I was filled up on them every piece I cut. It was a lesson for me. Because I'm telling you, when I was cutting this piece of watermelon, I was thinking, boy, when am I going to get a piece of this? You know, I'd really like to have some. It looks so succulent, so delicious, so good. And there goes another piece. Oh, can I have another? Oh, oh. And then here comes somebody who already had three. And is there any more? Right? Yeah, this is the last piece. <laughs> Goodbye. Right? And no, it's, it's the opposite. It was like, yeah, sure, here's the last piece. I felt like I was so full of watermelon after cutting it and giving it to everybody else. I learned a lesson. Boy, this saying, there's more joy in giving than in receiving, is true. It really is. Because when you just take that and, and stuff yourself with it, whatever it might be, you know, watermelon or ice cream, whatever, those are just examples. You understand the point. St. John the Baptist here, when they ask him what they should do, in everything he says... He's telling them, die to yourself and think of others. He says, if you have two cloaks, share with the person who has none. If you have food, do likewise. The tax collectors came to be baptized and asked him, what should we do? Stop collecting more than what's prescribed. In other words, respect others, take care of them, look out for their good. The soldiers, what's, what should we do? Don't extort. Don't hurt those you're serving. Do not falsely accuse. Be satisfied with what you have, with your wages. All of these things he tells them to do are die to yourself and live for others. Rejoice in the Lord because that's what the Lord did for us. He died to himself. He died literally on the cross for us, forgetting himself and giving himself totally for the good of our salvation. The example to follow is his. You know, as much as we give good example to each other, follow the good example we give. But as much as we give bad example, pray for us to be better. That's what we should do for one another. But don't get discouraged because I'm looking for your good example and you fail me and so I'll forget it. This is, uh, forget this. No? No? I saw him or her do something wrong, so now I'm going to not believe anymore. That's off the wall. No, the example to follow is his, you, for me, for the deacon, for you, for everybody, to seek, to strive every day to be more like Jesus. And how was Jesus? He was totally forgetful of himself and always looking out for others. We tend to be more looking out for ourselves and often forget, forgetful of others. 
even in marriage and family with our brothers and sisters. It starts right there. It starts at home. It starts in, in the opportunities we have every day because we do have opportunities every day, every single day, to die to ourselves and to live for others. No? Wives, die to yourself. Live for your husband. Live for your kids. Husbands, die to yourself. Live for your wife. Live for your kids. Kids, die to yourselves. Live for your brothers and sisters. Live for your parents. Brothers and sisters, whatever, at work, wherever we are, we have opportunities every single day to die to ourselves and live for others. And then we can rejoice. That's what we're invited to do here. St. John the Baptist, when they wanted to say, wow, this might be the Messiah. No, he didn't glory in himself and say, yeah, come to me. No, he said, no, wait, 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 wait. Humility. You can't die to yourself without humility. He wasn't just asking them to do it. He was showing them, no, it's not me. There's one greater than me who's coming. I'm just here to announce him. And that's what all of us are here for. We're here to announce him, the one who gives true joy to the heart. The one in whom, in whom, in whom we should rejoice always. St. Paul didn't say, rejoice and have fun. Enjoy yourselves, Christians, because you need to enjoy life. No. He said, rejoice in the Lord. Always. I say it again. Rejoice. When it's easy, when it's hard, no matter what, but do so by learning from him to live for others, to love God, and to give yourself every day in charity, in good works, in striving to be the best person you can be. The way to rejoice is not to seek my own happiness, but to seek the happiness of others for the glory of God. And then I will truly rejoice in the Lord, because that's what he did for me. Let's ask God to give us the grace to understand this, because we do often tend to forget it. I know I do. Sorry. But that's the truth. So easy to stand up here and say it, but I say it preaching to myself because I need to do it more and more every day too. Generally, when I do preach, I think, yeah, you know, when I say we're sinners and all that, I say, I'm talking to myself. Yeah, I got to get better at this and I got to get better at that. But the message is here. So don't follow me, follow him. Ask him to give us all the grace to learn to love in a way that he has loved us because that is the key to rejoicing. And that's the commandment he gave us before he did what he did for us. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. This is how he loved us, dying to himself and giving himself to the Father for our salvation. So he's asking us to do the same. Take up your cross and follow me. Do the same. Die to yourself every day. Live for the Father, live for others, and you will be truly happy. Let's ask God to give us the grace to rejoice in the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.